So I got my tongue up this chick's ass, right? It's not boiling. Boiling is the highest. So how could have I fucked you better? This, this is where Dice does the fucking. This is where Dice does the dishes, Dice drinks the juice. Like microphones, squeeze tits, fingered asses. You are never, ever gonna know where Dice keeps his essence. Oh, let me guess, your balls? Damn. All right, we're back. Uh, my name's Matt, he's Bob, and this is the... Uh, the four-letter r- word has returned, and so have we. Uh, joining us once again is a good friend, Greg. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Are you excited to break down episode two of Dice Tagged Ego? <laughs> I uh, I'm excited in theory because I still <laughs> love the idea of this show, but uh, I did end up watching the second episode. Were you? Would you say you were boiling with your enthusiasm? <laughs> I was sizzling. I was hot to trot. Oh, Greg was hot to trot. Okay. Well, at least we weren't lukewarm. That happens about yeah. six months later. Uh, so, Greg, do you have the uh, the synopsis on hand? Can you give us a read of that? All right, let's hear Dice. it. Dice, season one, episode two, Ego. After a sex quiz reveals that Dice and Carmen merely, quote, sizzle, unquote, in bed. <laughs> Dice makes it his mission to get her to, quote, boil, unquote. Such a weak premise. Meanwhile, actor Adrian Brody asks Dice if he can shadow him as part of his research for an upcoming performance. <laughs> yeah, well, the, that, the last sentence is uh, 80% of the episode and the, the sizzling <laughs> and boiling the other 20, but anyway, whatever. Uh, let's, start, so- let's start with... Um... Let's start with sizzle, sizzling and boiling, because that's how the episode uh, starts. Is It's essentially Dice rummaging through the trash, um, and he well, finds... Well, well, to go deeper than that, he's actually running after the garbage men, uh, sees a hot woman doing a downward dog yoga move, <laughs> and does a double take and falls on his face, spilling the garbage, and then he just happens to find <laughs> a used dating quiz that Carmen had took and it really was a uh, a pounding opening to the show it checks off all the dice boxes uh, staring yeah. at a woman in yoga pants and digging through trash yeah in the cold the, open <laughs> the cold open his yeah the the look of shock and hoardiness on his eyes he looks at the Harmless woman just in her front yard doing yoga by herself, which yeah, not not completely unusual in Vegas, I'm sure. Uh, this is also so, such a such a ridiculous like the garbage man is coming. He didn't stop yeah, yeah. at your house. Oh. You have to run with all your bags. <laughs> hey, down the hey, come back! Hey, hey, hey! I got I can't leave my garbage here for another day. Yeah, it's like playing paperboy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh, so he comes across the test and uh instant conflict with him and Carmen because uh the in her opinion the relationship is is sizzle which is one step below boiling. Uh which is a problem for Dice cuz everything's boiling with him. It's got to be yeah. boilings. It's um, a problem which, for me. It's not boiling, but we sizzle. I like sizzle. I know, but it's not the best. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh man, 
uh, the, the stakes are so low I, all yeah. the time with the show. <laughs> They're so low. There's a like, uh, uh, unless, of course, unless, of course, you have a hundred grand on the line in blackjack. Exactly. Uh, which time. I guess, I guess, will, which brings us to the introduction of uh, Yitzik. I would like to introduce you to Yitzik. Yitzik, <laughs> yes. <laughs> His. His, yeah, he was uh, trying to find a way trying to find a way to spice up his sex life. And his solution, which comes from out of nowhere, is putting on a yarmulke and saying his given name is Yitzig. Yeah. And his Yiddish his Yiddish uh, ulterior uh, persona, who's apparently amazing at eating pussy or I I, I mean I don't Well, the weird thing and and I was watching this with Caitlin and we were both really confused, and we thought we may have even missed a scene because Yidzik comes in and he puts the yarmulke on, and, and he and he wants to um, care about Carmen and 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 get back to her sensitivity because um, you find out Dice. We we missed a spot where Dice calls a former girlfriend to find out if they boiled or not. Remember oh yeah, this? yeah. How and could he calls I her from his better. landline? Yeah, and he calls her from. He's got the the cord phone. He's got the <laughs> land yeah. phone. Yeah. Uh, and he calls her, and she says, "Well, Dice, I could have used more of you not pulling my hair <laughs> and calling me a piglet." Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> like you know, you know, I wanted to fuck Dice, but you know, eventually, you know, you want to fuck who's beneath Dice, and he's like, "I yeah. don't know who that is." And so it's Yidzik is, is who yeah. we find out. Um, <laughs> God, and then, I, also, and then, I also like how they try to clean up Dice's language when he's like the real Dice. Like, and he doesn't call her a pig. He calls her a pig lit. Like, oh, how cute. Like, he's not being the disgusting guy. Like, oh, no, he's actually, he's nicer. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, leaning towards his uh, blue jasmine persona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, or whatever. Um more, more of the humble dice as opposed to the, uh, the, the, you know, the fictionalized heightened version we saw in Entourage or something. I don't know. So anyway, you got Yidzik, and then he takes the book away from Carmen, and he starts to listen to her problems, and he's trying to, to do the softer thing instead of the aggressive uh, piglet fucking. And <laughs> then it just cuts to the morning, and he's... Like, both of them wake up, and, and they're like, oh, let's just admit that that was weird, and we're going to move past it. But you, you have no idea what happened in the bedroom, and it feels like there's just, uh, like, 50% of the information is missing to make the uh, bit funny. Well, I, I think you're supposed to assume that it didn't go very well, and it was awkward and uncomfortable. It, it kind of reminded me of, like, the scene where uh, George in Seinfeld is trying trying out the move, and he uh, oh, okay. he just fumbles around and fucks it up, and they're just, like, sitting there like, well, that was awkward, and, you know, it's a very difficult move. Uh, anyway, um... Yeah, but and then and then we hear, uh, I, which I thought might have been a uh, a Ford Fairlane callback, where he says, "I'll call you," <laughs> like some chick who just like spent the night. Or, yeah. Um. So I we shouldn't get too much into Ford Fairlane because it's definitely going to come back huge in episode three. Um. Just a little a little teaser for the teaser. Uh, Julie Grendel is referenced um, by Wayne Newton himself. So we can we can <laughs> yes. We can we can hang on to that. Um, so. That's a deep cut for a uh, for a storied Fairlane fan like us. That's that's bringing out the A material. The word Ford Fairlane is used in its entirety, and the oh, film man. is referenced. So that's huge. Teaser. Now see, 
See, I, I'm holding out hope that the um, the success of this six-part miniseries uh, launches discussion on a Ford Fairlane 2. That's what I'm well, hoping for. I, al- I already think uh, the podcast has had a small win. Um, I do know that after our last episode, my roommate went and immediately watched the Fallon bit as well as Dice getting his brains beaten in on uh, vinyl. So Dice Mania is back. I actually did that too. Dice Mania. Uh, we are little... I watched uh, vinyl after you described it last week, and that was... Uh, and it is very, brutal. It was, it was terrible. It was, it was horrendous, but it was uh, it was fun to watch him. Isn't it great? Yeah, getting bludgeoned to death by some stooge. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like uh, like he can't be killed as well. I just, um... <laughs> that that moment in that yeah, episode he can't, he can't... was almost straight out of the show. Dice, like they think he's dead, and then out of oh, nowhere yeah. he comes back full energy. Hey, all right, well, let's get back to it. Speaking of, um, uh, so we we that brings us to uh, his meeting with Adrian Brody, uh, a film star, oh, joins God. the cast, <laughs> and. Yes. Uh, now let's talk about the scene in the coffee shop because it goes on, goes on for about five minutes. Uh, Brody approaches Dice. Um, he wants to learn all he can about his act because he's putting on. I, know, I guess he's jacking his routine for some one man show he plans to do. He's trying to get into like you know because he's a method actor and he's trying to take on the the persona. Yeah, he's and that looking begins... for the male essence, is what he says to Dice, and the he male feels essence. that Dice embodies the male essence, and so he wants to embody Dice. Right. Okay. And we later learn where that essence is stored. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> the the first step to learning how to play Dice apparently is to watch him drink coffee over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what were your reactions to that? I scene? mean, where do you begin, Brody? Like, first of all. Flags down Dice. Dice shows up. Classic Dice. Brody's going on, you know, classic actor. Like, I'm a method guy. The coffee bit was... He's like, how do you drink your coffee? He's like, eh, drink my coffee. Takes a sip. He's like... Regular. Yeah. And he goes back and he's like, well, no, I, I blow on it. And it's like he starts to enjoy it. And then Brody starts to get into it. And it's... <laughs> Uh, like this is this is the introduction to the method for this guy. Like watching him <laughs> blow on his coffee. Like I don't know. Like I the thing is like the the Brody story as as dumb as it was by the end of it, I was liking his performance. But this being oh that, yeah, that, he kinda, this he does get into it. That wraps up. I disagree. I think that Dice carries him. I I was my mind was blown because I have always respected Adrian Brody as an actor, of course, but. I, for most of it, I'm like, God, he is terrible. Dice is actually the most watchable guy in the episode. I, is that just me? I don't know. By the end, when he no, was doing I, the impression I, at the end, I thought it was spot on. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he I mean, he was getting, you know, all the nuances. <laughs> nuances. Uh, <laughs> nuances. Yeah, that was another. Uh, but, okay, so uh, Dice brings Adrian Brody home. He's like... This is where Dice does the fucking. This is where Dice drinks his juice. Yeah, this is where Dice person. does the micro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the interview in the kitchen I thought was hilarious. Where he's like, okay, ask me anything. I'm an open book. What are you most afraid of? <laughs> and he says, what? Waking up to a. Men's to a feet. Sea of feet uh, wearing flip flops. Men's feet. Waking up next to a, a bunch of people in flip flops. 
Uh, and then I loved his answer to, what's your favorite noise? <laughs> he was like, you know, you're a guy. The squish. squish. <laughs> when the penis enters the vagina, the balls hit the asshole. Well, great. To bring it back to him him using bits uh, from his act in the show, he definitely uses the bit where he's talking about, um, where he talked about on Fallon, how he gets up three hours early to spend more time with himself. Yeah, yeah. This he uses that with Brody in this one as well. Yeah, that, that what well, you were just talking about the, the his favorite sound bit. It feels like it's almost like the B material he didn't use in his la- latest act. Like he's like, oh, this didn't work out for the act. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw this yeah. in the uh, in the show. Um, the the funniest Bob, thing. So you've seen the Fallon bit. Yeah, I, I, Sorry, well, I watched it because my roommate was like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta check, catch up on all this, this new dice material." And was so. it as embar- in, as embarrassing as Greg? Let us oh yeah, Ugh. it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> uh, well, I'll have to check that out then. Uh, sorry, no, Greg. You were the funniest saying? thing about that scene was, for some reason, he had that James Bond pen that was recording the entire conversation. It seemed like this was... <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, okay, the writers are trying to be clever. This pen's going to come back. There's something on there. Like, oh, Brody was secretly recording me. Now I got him. It was like... No, he just had a, a voice recorder the size of a pen for some <laughs> yeah, that reason. All the things he said would have been far more interesting. <laughs> well, I guess it does come back right at the end where he kind of makes, what, a Men in Black reference where he, like, like a mind eraser where he's like, this never yeah. happened. And then you, like... Re- <laughs> I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, he was recording this entire, what, one day he was with him or two days? I also had no idea how long he was there. It seemed like overnight. Yeah, there's no time Well, frame. because then Milkshake it shows up like... in the, probably the dumbest scene in the episode. I was like, first of all, I'm glad Milkshake <laughs> is here. But second of all, <laughs> he shows up. He's like, it's Adrian Brody. He's like, oh, I thought it was you. Like, how? Like, even he's yeah, like, we, how, we, how would you think that was me? No, Nobody in the scene <laughs> is buying what he's selling. At, like, even the writers are probably hey. like, oh, God. All right, we're dying. We got to get shake in here. Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, shake. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Oh, 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 you eating breakfast. Sorry, great. I'm out of here. <laughs> to wrap up the Brody bit, though, we do get the pleasure of being um, invited back, the nostalgia of the in line at the bank bit, which oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. It, for me, worth kind of worth the ride of the half-hour episode was to be reminded of how beautiful that bit is, um, being in line at the bank. Yeah, well, when when Dice finally has had enough and ditches Brody and uh, so we can meet up with Carmen at, uh, what, Frankie's Tiki Bar, which I guess is his <laughs> sanctuary in Vegas. Uh, and then Brody finds it because he's the metamorphosis is complete and he can think like Dice and he just, like, looked up at the sign. He's like, that's where he'll be, and he shows up. Uh, and then they have a uh, what a, a lighting the cigarette like duel, duel um, which I guess Brody wins. So then he has the right to get up uh, on stage in this tiki bar to do this material. And then this is the part where your penis becomes a vagina, which I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't get that. I, I, yeah, uh, but then I, I kind of love how Dice is like frozen and he can't help himself but play along with like you know the the stooge on a date where he's like how long you been together uh, seven years no, see, I, I don't think he was playing along i think that was the funniest part of the show i think they tried to make it seem like he was being treated like one of his regular audience members and he was 
totally thrown off. That's why I was like, oh, that's pretty close. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant, where it's like he didn't know how to handle uh, <laughs> humiliated. being on the other side of the coin. Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on. Hey, does she throw a good one instead of, you know, yes or no? You suck a good dick? And he's like powerless. Oh, come on. Let's get out of here. And you, know, you can't handle his own material. It's too powerful. But on the other side of that coin, this this like tiki bar then for some reason is also a place where somebody can walk in and just do stand-up comedy and everybody in the bar stops and just pays attention to him. <laughs> it was such a weird yeah. redirect. <laughs> well, I guess that's the whole point of doing the cigarette bit because everyone's like, hey, who is this guy? What's going on? I'm some jerk-off smoking a cigarette. You can't smoke in here. And i wearing some oversized coat. And he gets into the material yeah. and they're like <laughs> immediately sold on it. Yeah, instantly loving it. <laughs> which yeah you, you can relate yeah, how to could that. you not of course uh, uh i did i did enjoy oh god i mean there's so like when he's like making sure he eats his combos the right way where he doesn't eat any of the cheese inside of the combos and then he's like you know what i think you got good what brody doesn't think he's getting in he's like kind of despondent about the whole thing so then he gives him like his gloves That's right. Which I loved. It's like uh, these have been through a hundred shows. I've never watched them. These have grabbed mics, fondled tits, <laughs> fingered pussies, <laughs> yeah, or assholes, or whatever he said. I don't know. One of the two. Uh, it's just like these unwashed glasses. Yeah, they fit up people's asses. I want you to have them. Oh, thanks, Dice. <laughs> and then in the car later on, when they they have that first fight, he's like. These gloves, it's like, they keep my hands kind of cold. My fingers are warm. Like it's <laughs> yeah, we <were> like, <laughs> we was like, uh, yeah, ripping on him for the gloves. Uh, the 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 end of the episode was really confusing and kind of came very abruptly. Where it's like uh, he makes off with his woman. They drive back to the house and then he's immediately asleep in bed. Uh, and. <laughs> And then Dice comes in and is (laughs) stapling him to the bed. He has a staple gun that he staples not to the bed, to the blanket that Brody is in. Because moments later, (laughs) they fall off the bed and it's like nothing happened. He just brought the blanket with him. Completely useless. And and he's like, he's like... He's like 20 staples in, and the guy doesn't wake up until, like, he gets the last one on, and then Brody wakes up. He's like, oh, Dice, what are you doing here? Like, scared for some reason. Yeah, how could he have gotten beaten Dice home by so much time that he is in bed and instantly in Realm 3 or whatever of sleep? It's <laughs> Realm 3. <laughs> or Realm or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, but, and then you got, like, that uh, the, the nose-to-nose standoff. Like, the, the uh, uh, what, the climax of the entire episode is, like, you never know where the essence is. You can't find my essence. Let me guess, it's in your balls? Oh, you're good, Brody. <laughs> like, that was Bravo. it. Bravo. Uh, oh, th- the thing about this, and just like the first episode that is killing me, is they have all the pieces of something that is like the perfect dice show. The Him mm-hmm. being in Vegas, him still like trying to shake his act, but it is who he is, so he really can't. Is all working. I even yeah. think the Brody stuff is is great, or what well, could have been could have been better. But the 
the whole plot on top of that of this stupid sex quiz and the yitzig and all that's like <laughs> why, why are they juggling so many balls we don't need to see milkshake in this episode i'm glad to see him but get rid of him like we just make this the brody episode let's watch a half hour of just this because it's fun yeah, I, it just seems. Does it? Is it? To, is it just me, or does it feel that the show is still in a way tame, even though it's on Showtime? Because yes. a win was that he got that he got to be on Showtime, and that's uncensored in a way. And it still feels like a really tame sitcommy show. I think a lot of it is the editing. It's the music. It just has that like. Dun, 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 you know that like very like <laughs> yeah. idiot produced like. You see, we're playing the music now, which means, you know, he's going to do something stupid. It, it's very... Oh, dice. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we... And the premises are really thin and weak and sitcom-y, and it's like the, his it's fan very base are degenerates. Yeah. It's TNA and filth jokes, and if you just did that, like, you'd have his built-in fan base that would support the show, and now you're kind of appealing to nothing because the people that love... The sitcomy junk. They're gonna go watch uh, two and a half men reruns, and then the people that want the filth, you're not giving it to them, and so you're just left in your uh, uh, without an audience. See, I did it. Well, the people that want the filth can listen to this mm. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I think, yeah. We, I think um, the missed opportunity is this. Just popped into my head. Dice in an alternate universe would have been Frank on "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." That has like the oh, right yeah. kind of like that would have been amazing. right like the right kind of degenerate and the right kind of tone and style where they still would do stupid plots like this like any of those guys would do all right we're gonna this famous actor wants to learn my essence or whatever like they would run with that kind of thing but this feels so much more hamstrung that it's like, yeah they, they didn't go they didn't go all the way like like if if someone was trying to learn frank's essence it would be so much more i guess oh there'd uh, be drugs and, and murder and yeah. just like eating garbage they go farther on that show than they do on this yeah. show and that's on fx yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so you have the unlimited bounds of showtime and they're not really going for it um it it does feel kind of sitcommy with like this real stupid relationship quiz. The, the <laughs> oh we're sizzling, I'd rather be boiling, uh, which this gets wrapped up nicely at the end, um, where he goes and fucks her, and then the credits roll. Um, <laughs> but but is it? I feel like the show like kind of flounders in the minutia of like you know kind of like Kirby enthusiasm bits, where it's like yeah we we talked about this in episode one. Like just sipping the how he sips his coffee and you know and eating the combos and trying to find out who's under the dice persona and I just think it's like maybe poor direction and, yeah. and editing like you guys are saying. I mean, keep in mind the guy, the showrunner on the show, Scott Armstrong, is known for writing Hangover Part Two. Ugh. Um, but I guess he also did write Old School, which is good. Oh. But anyway, yeah. it's like uh, you know when 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 Dice's comeback first started. I mean, we can. Uh, you know, back in like you know his appearance on Entourage, that was like it was snappy and like he kind of changed the theme or the tone of the episode when he came in. He was like brash and like didn't give a shit about you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember those episodes, but uh, it was like a tonal change. This one just feels lame and sad. And uh, but it's the crazy thing is it's so rooted in the 
nostalgia and like knowing dice and hearing his classic bits because he goes over them constantly and is always like alluding to yeah this is who I am but it's not who I am but it is who I am when you get caught up in him like you drinking my juice like okay dice like we don't want to this isn't the same like we know this is probably as you are at home but I, I, I don't care about that stuff I want to see him like getting ripped off at the post office or something, you know, and like saying something the wrong way and like that spiraling out of control versus uh, this is the way I hold my coffee. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it's the bits are just I don't know, some some of it's too easy and such some of the premises are just too weak. Well, Bob, you saw the next episode. Does it uh, does does it get any better? Well, um. To, I'll, I'll leave us some more to talk about on the, the next episode. We're going to cover a couple more episodes. But um, they, it's Chris Angel. Um, most of it's him dealing with Chris Angel in, in Vegas. And, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more the same. But, again, there's, uh, <laughs> there's some silly parts. There's, some, there's a few laughs in it, I feel. I, do, I definitely actually think that this episode was stronger than the third episode. So if that gives Oh, me, really? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. But, I, I like I like the idea of more of a Vegas backdrop. I think you know, kind of like the glitz and glamour world and the inner workings of the show business. I think could work for the show a bit better than his home life and you know running after garbage. Oh, exactly. And that in that episode is going to give it to you. Okay, so. good. As long as there's no Elvis. There's no Elvis. I can promise. <laughs> you no bad luck, Elvis. Yeah. So uh, episode two airs tonight, Sunday. We're recording this. Uh, all episodes are available on Showtime anytime. Uh, we're gonna take this one episode at a time as they air on Showtime's network channel. Uh, if I'm, I guess I'm saying that right. Um, but like I said, uh, as I've discovered, uh, anyone that wants to watch the show uh, can sign up for a 30 day free trial of Showtime on streaming on Apple TV or Showtime Anytime's app. Uh, so that's kind of a handy way to watch. All right. Have you guys yeah. seen anything good otherwise recently? Uh, not, nothing new. I, I know uh, I've been meaning to go to see, uh, you know, uh, Everybody Wants Some, uh, but I have not as yeah, of I'd, yet. Yeah, I'd recommend that as much as, as well as everyone on Rotten Tomatoes, apparently. Um, Real quick, one thing I saw that I could suggest to the listeners on Netflix, uh, my roommate is really into stand-up comedy, and he's kind of been showing me... I've been off stand-up comedy for a while now, um, but he's been showing me some good, I guess, newer people that I haven't seen yet. And Bo Burnham, have you guys seen his Netflix special yet? No. No, I haven't. It is... It's not even a stand-up performance. I would say it's it's more of a one-man show, uh, kind of a cross between a Second City show um, and what Dana Carvey did huh. uh, back in the early 90s. It's one of the best stand-ups I've ever seen. It is so interesting, so funny. Um, but yeah, more of a performance piece. But if you're into, um, if, if any of those things that I just listed are kind of on your radar, things you like to watch, I would recommend uh, checking it out. And again, it's I think it's a 45 minutes or somewhere around an hour on on Netflix there and and um, oh yeah okay the, the the guy that uh the became vine famous <clears throat> is that I don't know I've 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 heard of him and I've heard people suggest it to me um and then um 
my roommate just sat me down and he said, I really think you're going to need to watch this and, and enjoy it. And I, I did. I thought it was fantastic. It's one of the best stand-up specials I've ever th- seen. And he's got kind of a quirky humor. Um, again, he, he does the music stuff, so it's kind of Zach galifianakis or uh, Dana Carvey. But then it's very, it's very much a performance piece. Um, which is something I've never seen before, and it's referenced a little bit in his act too. And uh, you'll have to see it to to know what I'm talking about. But uh, it's it's definitely new. It's definitely something really new and fresh. And and I would suggest that if you're looking for something else uh, after your dice fix. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh, well, Greg, I mean, yeah, I um I just finished P- the People versus O.J. Simpson on FX. I know you've uh, been watching that as it airs uh it's one of the best things i've seen on tv is that insane um, yeah, I've heard it's, great. it's insane how good the acting is across the board like the the it's to be able to yeah. tell a story where everybody kind of knows what's going to happen it's like the movie titanic like everybody knows the boat's gonna sink but the journey of the details about what the juror went the jurors went through and all the how awful the prosecution was only because of like their personal lives and all they had no money like the whole way the story unfolded was so satisfying uh despite you know obviously uh two people were uh, i guess murdered at some point brutally murdered yeah Yeah, well that's uh uh you know um uh, what's it called? Um, collateral yes, damage. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, um, good television. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, collateral damage of good television. But yeah, those Little two murders. writers are fantastic, and I've, I've heard them being interviewed, and they did Ed Wood, and they did um, Big Eyes, and they've done um, a bunch of stuff. Of They, they, they say that they do um, stories, biopics of movies, or people that normally wouldn't get biopics. Man on the Moon's another one they did. Um, and, and that's cool. And they, they said that this is kind of their first time of doing a bio story of one that kind of always was supposed to be on screen or TV. And this is their first kind of venture into that because normally they do the kind of untold stories. But, yeah, they're really good at their craft. And so I need to check that out. Yeah, it's definitely worth yeah, a and, watch. Uh, uh, yeah, stories that have fallen through the cracks, such as uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s acting career. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, for, for me, because I don't, I, I, I didn't really get lost in the actual trial. I know, Greg, you're pretty familiar with it. Uh, but for me, it was kind of great. Like, I didn't know half of the stuff. I didn't, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the bullet points, you know, if it, if it don't fit, you must have quit, you know, all the, like, you know, uh, the buzzworthy stuff. But uh, it was, it was so crazy. It was so, I was like, how is this happening? This is, he clearly did it. It's ridiculous. I don't know how, I mean, I think anyway, the most astonishing thing. The show's really Oh, God, weird. yeah. The, the thing that astonished me the most is that back then, I say back then, this wasn't that long ago, you know, mid-90s. That, 20-something years ago. Yeah. 20, over, a little over 20 years but ago. But the way they looked at DNA and weren't able to, they're like, DNA, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, today, it's like, oh, yeah, we all know what DNA is. That's, uh, yeah, that proves it. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty accurate science. And that it was basically glossed yeah, over, even exactly. in like March's closing statement, like all of this DNA, blah blah blah, and he's like, "Oh, that doesn't matter." It's uh, it's funny seeing it through that prism of just time passes, and everybody's like, "Oh wait, yeah." But yeah, that that was it's definitely one of the best things on TV I've seen recently. Yeah, I got a, I got a, uh, I, I blasted through vinyl, uh, all nine episodes in like two days. I, I got hooked on that show. The the Jagger Kid is really good. Uh, and so and oh, did you? Yeah, I I, I only watched the first episode, but uh, you recommend going totally, man. Way. Bobby uh, Cannavale, uh, is that his name? 
Yeah, great. Yeah, man. he is. He is destined to be in things that involve Scorsese because this is like the the rampant drug use and alcoholism up and down up and down up and down it's like one day he's in a bender the next day he's apologizing everybody he knows and then the next episode it reverses again it's, it's i i somebody might that, get sick of it but i love that shit yeah that always one of the most me. watchable guys in anything he yeah. does i think he shines in almost all of his projects so glad to see he he gets a vehicle where he gets to go on oh, his own oh this is it uh, connect connection to uh, Dice Clay um, was in the movie Blue yeah Blue Jasmine. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, yeah, there we go. All right. Well, that wraps up episode two of the analysis. Uh, and Thank you, Greg Field, for coming on. Yeah, Greg Rod, thanks for coming on again. And apologies to Andrew Papa. We uh, weren't able to get to him <laughs> again well, we'll this get week. To you next time. Yeah, next time. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that does it.